Christine, are you there? I'm here. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Oh, it is so nice to hear your voice. How are you? Same, same. You know, I'm good. You know, I'm surprisingly good taking it day by day and moment by moment, as I'm sure most folks are these days. But uh, right. right now, this is a good moment. That's great. That's really great to hear, especially amongst, you know, all the news and the stuff that's happening. So before we dive into our conversation, you were on the show, I think, has it been two years ago now? It's been a while. Oh my gosh, it's been over two years. We have to do the whole who are you and what do you do thing again before we dive okay. into the conversation. <laughs> well, I am Christine Platt. I am a literacy advocate, children's book author, anti-racist activist. Sounds like I'm doing all the things, but I guess <laughs> that's what's going on these days. I've been fortunate enough to have all my work intersect really, really well. So that's a blessing. And um, yeah, I'm a mom of a kid that is about to go off to college next year, which is wild to me, Alex. Wild, mm. wild, wild. So yeah, just in the midst of writing and preparing for a big life transition with my daughter going off to school and uh, trying to be easy with myself these days because we are definitely in some uncharted territory here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the reason why I wanted to chat with you because there has been so much transition outside of this COVID-19 pandemic, over the past two and a half years, you have just unfolded in all these really new and beautiful ways. And then to have this happen and our conversation a couple of days ago when we were just checking in over text, it really made me feel a sense of joy to hear you say that right now you're really just taking this time while you're home with your daughter to lean into your closeness with her because she is going yeah. away. And I know you've shared on social about this transition that's coming up. So I would love for you to talk about, you know, what you've been up to over the past couple of years. And then now with everything that's on the horizon, how you're like using this extra time with Nala as a blessing in disguise. Oh, it's been such a blessing. Yeah, I think the last time I sat down on the Hey Girl podcast, I had published a Wee Tea. It had done really well, afforded me the opportunity to become a full-time writer. And I'm just thinking back on like two years, like so much has happened. So I transitioned to writing full-time and then I had an opportunity to work at the Anti-Racism Center as their managing director, which was wonderful to help stand up the center um, and then went back to writing full-time because my children's book career sort of took me by surprise. For listeners who don't know, The Truth About Awiti is actually an adult novel, historical fantasy, very, very different from Anne and Andrew <laughs> <laughs> right now. But yeah, I had an opportunity to write a four-book children's series. Didn't think I could write for children, let alone that it would turn into a career. But I accepted it because it was an opportunity to write about African-American history and culture, which you know is near and dear to my heart. The series went 
wild. And like, I literally turned in book number 12 yesterday. You have been writing Anna and Andrew for like ever in a day. I feel like you're always working on something new with them and they're so freaking cute. Isn't it wild though that all of that has happened in two years? So needless to say, my time with my daughter has been significantly limited. First of all, because she's in high school. She's at Duke Ellington and their schedule is literally like 8.30 to 5.30 on a regular day. So that's not including rehearsals. That's not including performances. And so, you know, our days were really, you know, the most time that I like one on one time that I got to spend with her would be in the mornings on our car rides to school. I have these past few weeks where we've been at home, self isolating, social distancing, quarantining, whatever. you want to call it these days. I've been really, really thankful for this time, Alex. I don't think I've been able to spend this much time with her since she's been an infant, which is wild, right? And so having an opportunity to wake up leisurely, you know, cook breakfast together, we'll make dinner together, we'll watch movies. My goodness, our first movie night, I literally could not find the remote. And I could not, I think I wrote about that on social media that like, when was the last time we sat down? and watched a movie together, you know? Mm -hmm. So I've really been trying to find a lot of bits of unexpected joy and happiness um, in this time. I think it's really, really easy to focus on a lot of the negative that's happening. And it's just not good for your soul, especially because so much of it is out of our control, right? I think when we were texting and checking in with each other, we were talking about the news and, you know, trying to just kind of stay off that as much as possible, maybe get the highlights and then kind of keep it moving. And I had to transition to doing that because there was uh, one day, I guess it was about two weeks ago now, you know, I found myself just clicking and clicking and clicking. And I was reading about all these restaurant workers in LA, all these restaurants had closed, how much money the businesses were losing, you know, how people were standing in line to get food from free restaurants. And these are like servers, you know, and they're Mm -hmm. like, we're giving out free meals to servers until, you know, our food runs out. And I just was sobbing, right? Like I just was like, it was so sad. And I felt so helpless because there was nothing that I could really do about it, obviously. And I just was like, I cannot do this all day, right? day after day after day after. (laughs) Like this is not good for me. And then of course, we're supposed to be keeping our immune systems as, you know, as healthy as possible right now. And all of that stress and anxiety weighs on our bodies in ways that we can't even see. And we often feel when it's too late. And so I've just had to make a very, very conscious decision to just stay away from things that are triggering and to just try and focus on what I can control in my little 300 and square foot bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, make sure my daughter is good, you know, make sure my friends and loved ones are good, checking in with each other and using my writing as a way to try and bring some happiness and joy, you know, to young readers. I feel like my work is extra important now. Yeah, I'm just trying to be good to myself, Alex. Just trying to be good to myself. I'm right there with you. And I think something that I've also been like looking at and thinking about is like, how do we balance both? Is there a way to balance both? Like I, yesterday when I checked in on the news for the first time in 
four days, I just was like, yo, I can't do it. But then it's almost like, how do we stay informed then? So I want to ask you that as well. You know, as you really relish in this time of extra time with with your daughter and the abundance you guys are building together before she goes away next year, how are you taking care of yourself in that? And then also staying informed with what is happening, like the things that you think that you absolutely need to know. I think a lot of listeners would appreciate hearing your take on that. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think what I've been able to do is, so I go to CNN.com and I literally just kind of scroll and read the headlines. And I think that has been helpful to me in sort of staying informed of the highlights. If I see something that is sort of urgent to our region or something like that, I may click on that and get updates. But surprisingly, a lot of my friends have been texting those things that are most important. Like I Mm. found out about the shelter in place from a friend sending a text message. It wasn't me finding that out online, right? I got a message. She's like, hey, you know, I guess the restrictions have changed around what we're able to do and not do. Here's the latest article. So that has been helpful as well. But I think we also have to be mindful of what we send and share. That was a um, another sort of realization I had a few weeks ago when I was, you know, doing the continuous scrolling and reading. I had sent one of my girlfriends sort of like, you know, a jokey homeschool meme or something and not realizing that she was in this space of really trying to figure out and struggling with homeschooling her two girls, right? And she was just like, you know, I've made a lot of jokes about the homeschooling. I've even laughed about it. And she was like, and I've realized like these things are just really not serving me well right now. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Obviously it's different, right? Nala's 16. I don't know what she's doing. (laughs) I know she's turning in her stuff and I hear her practicing violin, but like, I don't have to be so hands-on. And it just made me like, wow, how can I be more supportive of my friends? And like, what I'm sending, is it helpful? Is it harmful? Or is it stressful? You know, like just being more intentional and thoughtful about what we're sharing. So I did want to throw that in there (laughs) in terms of like sending news, because you just have to be very mindful. You don't want to unintentionally trigger someone or you may think you're being funny, right? right? Because laughter is often used in these times, um, but it could really be harmful. So I thanked her, you know, for sharing that with me. And it just made me like really more, much more intentional. So yeah, I scan the highlights in the morning and in the evening. And I mean, in reality, when you do that, you see that like, there's not a lot of changing information. It's a lot of the same information being recirculated under different headlines, right? And every now and then you'll get an update that may be relevant to your area that you may want to click on. But yeah, otherwise, it's just like this constant, constant, constant stream of um, of pain, of really of pain and suffering of other people. And I think you know we are fortunate enough. So many of us are fortunate enough to not really be in a place of pain and suffering. Right? Like our homes are well stocked. We have everything that we need. We're with our loved ones. Everyone is safe. Right? And so there's also this sense of guilt. I feel mm-hmm. that comes mm-hmm. when you're reading about the pain and suffering that of others, and then you look around and you're like, I am so privileged right now. There's really not much that I can do to help other people. It just weighs on you in so many different ways. And it just doesn't feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't want to be in my house not feeling good. Right. Right. And so, you know, I think of 
Like there are some creatives that I know that are not as fortunate, you know, and, you know, I may just like cash app someone $50 and say like, go buy some toilet paper girl or, you know, something like that. Like, I feel like there are ways that we can help those who are closest to us, but we can't, obviously we can't help everyone. And there are millions of people that are beyond our reach. Right. And so just constantly reading about their pain and suffering is just, I feel very harmful. Are you a social drinker? Do you enjoy wine down Wednesdays with your girlfriends on Zoom after work? Did you have a little bit too much to drink once and woke up with a hangover? Well, Goody's Hangover is more than the natural supplements you've seen before for treating hangovers. With a history rooted in analgesics and putting an end to tough pain, Goody's Hangover has the right formula to stop pain fast and provide a boost of alertness. Goody's Hangover Powder temporarily relieves minor aches and pains due to hangover, headaches, or muscle aches. It also helps restore mental alertness when experiencing fatigue or drowsiness associated with a hangover. It's also easy to use. You can toss it back or mix it with water or any other non-alcoholic beverage of your choice. Goodies understands that you can't afford to let a hangover slow you down. And for a hangover that is real tough, you need real medicine. Now you can have a fun night on Zoom with your girls without worrying about the next morning. Goodies hangovers. Real medicine for real hangovers. Fast relief with a boost of alertness. What have you been doing to practice gratitude during this time? Do you have a ritual in the morning? That's the other thing. In addition to this, you know, being such a blessing for me and my daughter, I feel like it's been a blessing for me as well to really have the time and space to check in with myself, which is something that I think so many of us, especially mothers and women, we neglect, right? So before my mornings were like, oh my goodness, it's 5.30. Okay, 30 more minutes of sleep and I got to get up, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like Mm -hmm. rushing around. I'm trying to make coffee. I'm trying to get us out the door. Like to have that leisurely time in the morning to just wake up easy. Um, I've been using Insight Timer, which is wonderful. I actually saw that you had a meditation. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, look at Alex on Insight Timer. But I've been using Insight Timer in the morning to do my morning meditations. Sarah Blondin's meditations, her starter meditation. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she's been on here. So I have to send you the link. She's wonderful. Yes, please send me the link. Yeah, I've been catching up with (laughs) so many podcasts and books and things that I didn't have. You know, I've been so busy and doing Mm -hmm. school visits and all these things before. So yeah, setting a daily ritual for myself. I don't know if you can hear my diffuser going in the background. (laughs) But like Woodlot makes this amazing rose and palo essential oil blend. And so I'll diffuse that in the morning. You know, I've set up a wonderful workspace in my room because before when Nala would be at school, I would do a a lot of work out in the living room. And I can do that work right here in my room and not be so stressed about like, Nala, don't play the violin right now. You know what I mean? Like I have a call or Nala don't, you know, so like making a dedicated space for myself, not only to practice meditation and do some things, but also to get work done. It's been beautiful. And I honestly don't think I've ever meditated as much, prayed as much, ate as well, right? So that's another thing that I've been like, wow, I don't think I've ever drank this much water. (laughs) 
I don't think I've ever sat down and had three meals. Like all these little things are like these little unexpected blessings. You know, this made me think of, I attended a virtual brunch with um, some girlfriends from high school the other day, which anyone who's listening, it is so much fun to do and a great way to check in with your girlfriends. So we all prepared our brunch last Sunday (laughs) and then we all just sat on (laughs) Google Hangouts and like ate our brunch and like checked in with each other and laughed and talked and it was just beautiful. And one of my friends on the call, she said, you know, this almost feels like a universal reset. Mm. And we all just thought that was such this interesting concept of like universally, we've all been almost gifted, which sounds like the wrong word to say in the midst of so many people suffering, but we've been given this extra time and space to reset and recharge ourselves, right? And so what are we going to do with that? Are we going to spend that time on the news channels crying and sobbing? Or are we going to set some intentional practices and sort of check in with people that we haven't checked on in a long time? I hadn't seen some of their faces in literally years. Alex, years. We're all going, 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 going all the time, right? And so this slow pace of life can almost feel odd and uncomfortable in a way. During one of those obsessive reading sessions that I had, I did come across a really good article. And it was about a man in Italy. He lives on an island. He's been living in isolation basically for years. And what I had shared on the brunch was one takeaway that I had from that article. And he said, you know, a lot of people are very uncomfortable because a lot of people are uncomfortable with themselves. Mm. And so this is forcing people to spend time with themselves. And it's really, really hard. And I was like, because now you can't escape at work, can't escape on the metro, you can't escape, you know, all these different things. And people are like really, really struggling with just being alone with themselves. And he said, a lot of people really don't like themselves. Mm. And this is why this is uncomfortable. Yeah, it was a really powerful article. And so again, just like taking away little bits and pieces of what I have found to be vital and helpful information and just sort of limiting myself from some of the hurtful and harmful bits of news has been really, really helpful for me. Something that you just made me think of is self-love during this time of isolation and Mm -hmm. how it can look and feel for those of us, you know, who may be social distancing, but we have a family at home or maybe social distancing and being literally all by themselves. And I know that self-love is kind of thrown around as this really whimsical thing on social media. But Mm -hmm. for me, it's been really coming up as as an intentional space and time to really get close to who I am. It is challenging to do that with a house full of people, I will say, but Mm -hmm. I've been doing better at taking moments of being by myself, even though I am home with the kids and the husband and looking at like how much I miss the freedom of being able to (laughs) just go out and peruse Target or go out and grab a drink or dinner with a drink or dinner 
dinner with a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. There is no space for that right now. And I am looking at ways of how I can love on myself through these times of feeling isolated, truly, and not being that freedom. And I had a chat with one of my girlfriends who's single, no kids, no partner, and she's home by herself. And she said that she's really leaning into things that she didn't have time for before, kind of like how you mentioned. And that is a radical act of self-love. Yeah, same. I mean, I saw on Instagram, someone was using a face a face brush. And I was like, I have a face brush, right? That I have not used in forever, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. pulled it out. And like, I did this whole little routine. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so magical. And it took literally, Alex, two minutes, right? And so I'm mm-hmm. like, why did I not make these two minutes for myself before, right? Mm. And so now I took that little brush and I have it by the side of my bed. And like, that's part of my like morning wake up, like oh, draining my lymph nodes and like getting myself ready and just loving on myself for two minutes that I wouldn't have and hadn't mm. made time for before. And so I think that's another thing I've been encouraging my friends is like, pull out all the face masks and pull out all the bath bombs and pull out, <laughs> you know, all those goodies that we buy ourselves and never use, right? Because right. we, I don't have time for a bath right now. Right. Like I'm taking a shower. I got to go, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Now you have time. Now you have time for a bath, right? And like those moments, they are radical acts of self-love. You know, I hate that that term has, it's become trendy. It's become, you know, a way, a meme, a way for mm-hmm. people to tell jokes. And like, mm-hmm. it, it really takes away from the beauty and importance of that practice, especially for women, mm. especially for women. Yeah. I've definitely been in, engaging in more acts of self-love, been encouraging my friends, been encouraging my daughter. I brought us these wonderful bath brushes. They're like wet, dry brushes mm-hmm. in the shower. <laughs> she did her first, you know, dry brush shower. She was like, oh my God, mom, I feel amazing. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> yes, this is how we should be feeling all the time, you know, but we're always rushing, rushing, rushing. So yeah, I've definitely been sort of thinking of that term universal reset, definitely been thinking of that article, like, you know, what are some parts of myself that I have used work and different things as a form of escapism that I have time for now? What are those parts of myself that I haven't wanted to look at? <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) that now I have the time to look at and sort of work on and acknowledge. So yeah, I've been trying to find, like I said, unexpected bits of joy in these moments and really trying to just use this time to become a better person, a better Mm. friend. You know, I love whenever I receive messages from you, especially the voice notes. Thank you for turning around to voice notes. (laughs) But you know, it's just like when I get a random message from you checking in, like it just feels so good to hear your voice it feels good to know that someone was thinking of me you know so there are like all these little things that we can do to help ourselves and help others during this time that I think are so important My morning routine normally consists of trying to get up a little early before the kids, getting my self-care silence in, drinking a cup of coffee or tea, and washing my face and just having a moment. There are a lot of great ways to start your day. Maybe you eat a nice healthy breakfast or meditate. But what about starting with making up your bed? Now, that doesn't really work for me because my husband is not up when I'm up. But when you make your bed in the morning, 
morning. It starts a chain of daily successes. And I know this because when we are up together and we do make our beds right upon rising, I feel like the day does get off to a fresh start. What I love most about Brooklyn and Sheets is that I am more excited to walk in the room and see a freshly made bed with their beautiful sheets and offerings on them. The high quality sheets are great and at a low price. Their sheets are soft and well made, which you can't beat. And for the price, it is wonderful quality. Brooklinen was the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers and directly with customers. No middlemen, just a great product and service. They offer all luxury products without the luxury markup. Brooklinen also offers a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials for your lounging needs, like their classic, cool, and crisp, timeless with a matte finish, luxe, sateen, buttery, smooth cotton sheets, or my favorite, the linen, which is airy and effortlessly chic, made with the highest quality flax in the world. Needless to say, Brooklinen sheets are the perfect place to start making your mornings great. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. So get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code HeyGirl only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Again, that's promo code HeyGirl only at brooklinen.com for 10% off your first order. So as we wrap up this conversation, I would love to know some of your favorite ways that you're reconnecting with Nala before she goes off to school and the different <laughs> blessing like this is offering, the different blessings rather that this is offering you and your relationship with her. Yeah, I think for parents with older kids, I think this is really, really a really good time for us to sort of check in and savor these moments with our teens, you know, again, because they are teens and they're not like the little ones that are running around and like, mommy, 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 right? <laughs> it's almost like I have to, let me go knock on her door. Let me see what she's doing, you know? And so what we've been doing, definitely, you know, building in these sort of like, you know, acts of self-care have been wonderful. Cooking to together has been wonderful. Making sure we laugh together, right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. <laughs> laughter is a really good thing. Making sure too that she's also having time with her friends is really important because I think that's hard for a lot of teens right now. The older kids get, they rely less on us for some of their social encouragement. And so like making sure that she is having that time with her friends and her cousins. The other night, I literally fell asleep to them. They were howling, Alex. <laughs> you know, we live in a very small space. Right. <laughs> they were literally howling on this group call that she was on. And there was a part of me, like normal when she's howling and they're outrageous. They're like, no, I'm trying to sleep, you know? And I was like, no, like, let her howl. Like, let her howl and have laughter right now with her friends and with her cousins. That's what they need, right? So also honoring that with our kids. But yeah, and just, you know, we go for walks. The other day, we went for a walk and all these trees were just blooming. And like, I don't 
think we've ever walked around that part of our neighborhood before. Like we just saw this whole other side of Hillcrest and we were like, oh my gosh, it is so beautiful, right? And so going for walks and talking and just checking in with each other and with the teens, it's so, so important. And every now and then she'll just come in and she's just like, mommy, I'm so happy. I'm just so happy to be home with you. I love you so much. You know, like it's been wonderful because we don't get that time with our older children. We just don't. And so I'm really, really grateful. And I know, like I said, the challenges are very different, you know, with toddlers and younger ones because, you know, they're much more demanding of your time. And so I would definitely encourage parents with older kids to just make sure that you check in and don't let them be holed up in their room the whole day. Yeah. But I love like, <laughs> the fact the other day I saw she was making cookies and just like giving them little things like that to do. And like once they get started, they love it. Like they're so into it. Right. But you almost have to pull on them to bring them out of their own sort of self-isolation <laughs> yes. in their room. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Just speaking of that. So we got the homeschooling orders from her school and this morning, you know, I was like, okay, we need to get back to a routine. Last night we had a really tough conversation because homegirl hadn't picked up a book in two weeks. She's playing the Sims for 10 hours a day. Like we let her have that, but I'm like, okay, like homeschooling is starting and here is what we need to do. So we need to have a schedule. So you need to be up and moving by 745, eight o'clock and downstairs in the kitchen by 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this morning she texts me. She goes, do I have to get dressed for the day? And, and we made cinnamon roll pancakes. And we Ooh. learned about the role that eggs play in baking because we both love to bake. And we mm-hmm. learned the role that baking powder plays in baking. And we just had like a little mini science hands-on lesson. I think that she was rolling her eyes so hard this morning <laughs> when she woke up. But by the time it was over, her pancakes were delicious. It was fun. And she loved it. Yeah. She loved and it. she loved it, right? Yeah. I think also too, like, you know, letting them sort sort of talk about what would you like to add into the schedule, right? So one of my friends, she's a yoga teacher. So she said, you know, I put together this amazing schedule for my son. And like a couple of days later, he was like, so about your schedule. <laughs> it's sort of like letting him sort of decide, like, here's what I'd like to pick and keep but here like mom I'm not doing yoga three times I'm not doing morning sunrise (laughs) salutations (laughs) and so I think you know you had an opportunity to see I love that you both love baking and that's the way that you sort of hold in some togetherness time right I think you know allowing kids to sort of like hey this works this works for me I actually kind of like getting up and doing this whole baking and using science is I mean brilliant right like and I get to eat my experiment. This is amazing, right? So like finding ways that really, really work for them and work for you and ways that you can sort of like, I don't want to say sneak in together time, but it almost is, right? Like when they're a little older, you kind of have to like sneak it in, right? And so yeah, last night I had Nala make our cornbread for our dinner, but I didn't think to use science. I'm about to incorporate that. Thank you for that little nugget. (laughs) Nala's going to be like that. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And with the little ones, I mean, I feel like the mommies with the younger ones are blessed. I remember those moments and I remember it not feeling like a blessing in the moment, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you upon reflection, like those times with your babies are some of the best moments in your life and some of the best memories that you're going to make even in the midst of the craziness. So like just enjoy, 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 enjoy. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. 
Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L.